Welcome back, Orange County, to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. We've got a lot of great stuff. It was a great weekend for Orange County Soccer Club fans. And oh, by the way, Dylan, did you hear one of our players made it to Team of the Week? This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. We are underway in the postseason, the first playoff game ever played in Orange County. So one, two, Godoy, he's found a great ball in a Voltsin, plenty of time, he smashes it off and doubles the visitors' lead, Thomas in a Voltsin. Now Segbra sprinting forward on the counterattack. A little handsy there, crosses it. Pineda, the extra pass. Seaton finishes! It rolls down to his left and bearing aside. All taken care of by the Orange County keeper. We'll leave it for Aiden Quinn. He'll strike towards goal! And it's gone in! An equalizer and a winner in second half stoppage time for Orange County on the left boot of Aiden Quinn. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore soccer cast and on facebook at orange and black soccer cast how's it going orange county welcome to another episode of the orange and black soccer cast the first and only podcast dedicated to orange county soccer club its fans and supporters i am your host ray samora and i am with you each and every episode as we discuss all things orange county soccer club and joining me as he does each and every episode, we've got Harry Forrester's number one fan, Dylan from County Line Coalition. Dylan, how's it going? Oh God, uh, no, it's it's going. Um, it's been a very busy day. I'm very tired. I've driven almost 200 miles up and down between Orange County and Los Angeles today, and I'm a little bit over it. Um, but this should be the best part of my day, so I've been looking forward to it for a little bit, despite the torrid amount of abuse coming my way about um harry forrester's team of the week selection oh Did I, i'm spoil sure it? oh no i'm sure Did you're I ready for it, it right you're ready for it and and stop whining about all that traveling between la and orange county you had an option there's schools in orange county you could well, have chosen stabbed is it too soon for that uh uh probably Hashtag i watched someone soon. get dragged out of a car like a block from where i'm living now so it's not any better awesome well that's great to know dylan Hope, yeah. hopefully you stay safe um but before we talk about your safety in la let's also welcome our other regular co-host here um uh, down in san diego we got alan alan uh have you ever witnessed anyone get dragged out of their car or stabbed or anything like that where you live uh no i saw high speed chase the other day through my neighborhood but um that was about it they caught him they went down an alley. There's some canyons by where I live. So uh, it was it was fun. Neighbors came outside, but it's pretty much low-key where I live. We live far enough away from the riffraff. Uh, we, super quiet neighborhood, super friendly neighbors. What are you talking yes. about? I am a little bit of a riffraff, but we live far enough away from the riffraff that we don't get too much troubles in our neighborhood. But glad to be Alan? here. School started, so I'm uh, back into the swing of things, getting up early, but I'm glad to be back talking about Orange County and a big, 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 big home victory. So what is Alan riffraff and Dylan's a street rat? Something like that? Is, no, are we what? are we quoting what Aladdin is, now? Is that I what's going on? Careful. If we quote any more lines, I think we're going to get a cease and desist letter. I think that's what that is. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, I just stick to those lines. You know, I didn't go any further, you know, talking about a little snack. Um, but, uh, you, you know, you, at least I could say, Alan, you're ravishing right now. I can't tell about Dylan because uh, he's hidden behind uh, palace walls. Um, let's get wow, into. Wow, <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> let's get into some soccer stuff instead of this. Uh, fantasy land type stuff uh we got a soccer match to talk about that was a really good soccer match uh for the home fans there in irvine at championship soccer stadium that saw orange county soccer club defeats pretty handedly a las vegas uh club that was coming in and these two teams were right next to each other so 
there's that. I think a three a nil victory. I think any fan at the stadium, any fan watching the game live, uh, is happy with that outcome, uh, right, Dylan? It or was, not? No, no. Yeah, you absolutely have to be. I was having a drink of a cocktail when you asked that question, but they were amazing um, on Saturday night. They stuck with their game plan rather than panicking and playing the long ball forward. And they picked a team apart and they picked a team apart that really only sits back and counters. So it was a good, it was a good win. And it was a good, it was a really good team performance as well. Um, I guess we're just like digging right into this match. I, I didn't even sort of lay out what else we'll talk about. We'll get to it later. I'm going to go to you, Alan. Um, one of the highlights of the match was a awesome, amazing goal from Jerry Von Wolfgang uh, that sort of just curled in. Uh, what were your thoughts on that goal, and what were your thoughts on the match in general? Um, I saw the goals as like highlights first uh, before I was able to watch the whole game. I watched a good chunk of it, and then I had to drive a car, uh, so I was not able to watch the rest of it. Uh, but that goal, I I knew when it happened, and I when I was watching the game back, it still kind of caught me off guard. It was like almost out of nowhere that he just like whips this ball in and just beautifully curls uh, right into the goal. It was uh, it's was spectacular. It's great to see him score again. Um, I think he's slowly kind of figuring out where his place is on the team. And if we get secondary scoring from folks like Van Wolfgang, and even you know getting Aiden Quinn back on the board. Uh, just gives you more options going forward that you're not always having to rely on Seton or, or DJ uh, to team up to get a goal in. It's nice to see a couple guys that aren't named DJ and Seton uh, get a couple goals because I think uh, when you get multiple goal scorers, I think it takes the pressure off of those striker guys. And then, uh, and then because it takes the pressure off, I think they perform even better. Uh, knowing that there's guys who can bail them out and put the ball in the back of the net. So that curler was gorgeous. Uh, and I was like, I even, I knew it was coming and went in, and I was still surprised and happy when I was watching it back. Great to hear. Uh, Dylan, what about you, the the rest of the match, not just uh, uh, the Jerry Von Wolfgang uh, goal there? What what did you think of everything else that happened, I guess, from that point on? Because uh, that was when really all the fun really started happening, right? Yeah, um, I mean, the first half was frustrating just to watch some chances that we should have scored not get finished off. Um, that's been a pretty common issue all season long. It's we either get right up to the box and we can't get that last pass or we're getting that last pass and we can't get the touch. Um, then Joe Miko was denied because um, he was he was flagged off for, for a goal, which was a little bit disappointing. Um, but they did a really good job of not getting super worked up by Vegas's. Vegas is Vegas is it? I'm having a rough. <laughs> this this cocktail is apparently already hitting me. Um, but not, you know, Vegas has some questionable antics sometimes with Winalda at the helm, and they didn't get sucked into that like uh, a, a couple months ago now, just over two and a half months ago, and played their own game and then continued to play their own game even when it wasn't resulting in easy goals. You know, they played it for a little over an hour. And then Van Wolfgang just places one and topped in just before the 70th minute, and it was all over from that point. Um, walking back over to the uh, um, main side of the field, the, the bench side of the field, to get to the tunnel before the match ended, I happened to be walking behind Kevin Coleman. Just said, uh, come on, ref, blow the whistle. They gave up 20 minutes ago, which I thought was uh, pretty accurate because they – didn't really offer anything in this match um, outside of what the first first half I think um, Zelaya had a shot and that was about it but it was a good a good win I think everyone was in really good spirits um, fans squad technical staff ownership even they were all in good spirits um, and then the, the players went over after the game and and gave high fans high fives to the fans and everything. So I think everyone kind of went home happy on Saturday night, happy and maybe a bit tired as well. So I, I and I'm just going to throw this and I'm not trying to throw you under the bus, Dylan, but uh, we did, uh, if anyone that follows our Twitter account for the, the soccer cast, uh, we follow uh, Alicia and the wonderful work they do over there in Angels Parade. She put out a tweet, something about, you know, the lack of options for announcers for 
soccer matches. I, I graciously offered our services. If any, if ESPN USL wants to bring us on board, Jill and I can jump on something. I know I caught some flack from some of our, our listeners, <clears throat> Andy, about me messing up, you know, famous popular sayings Mixing or whatever. Metaphors. Yes, that type of thing. And then Dylan's already like messing up like two or three here uh, in the first, what, 10 minutes of our podcast. So just want to call it out there. I I, I feel like we're still yeah. an improvement. Because <laughs> I can tell you that it's Van Wolfgang. It's been Van Wolfgang for almost a year still, and a half now. <laughs> still in, on the USL, uh, on the matches, they still put his uh, former name out there, right, Alan? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, all the time. And then you get announcers who don't know better or who aren't, like, involved in the league, and you get them calling him that on the live feed. I think it was uh, away of San Antonio. And Yes, yes, we yeah, called it out. Yeah, so it's like, uh, come on. Um, I think the other, the other good thing to keep in mind, four shots for Vegas, only two on target. I think when Orange County is able to not have to catch up to the game, they don't let a goal in, so they have to get back into it. Uh, that also helps as well, not having to play catch up uh, like they've had to do a few times this season. Um, they get that first goal, and then, yeah, it just build, builds the confidence, and then not allowing a whole lot of attack and not having to catch up to the game really helped them as well. I think it's the first uh, clean sheet and. and First clean sheet win in, in quite a quite a bit. Which is just awesome when you can get that. Uh, um, I, and I, I'm putting the highlights on. For anyone watching on our live feed, you can see the, the highlights from the match, courtesy of USL Championship uh, Productions. Oh, and also just a reminder that our podcast is brought to you by Roughneck Scarves. Uh, you can hear more about that as we get towards the end of the episode as well. Uh, is there any downside to what happened in this match, Dylan? Is there anything that you're looking either watching the highlights or from what you saw at the stadium that you're looking at and saying uh we should have done that better i think the first half could have been a little bit better i think um i don't know if it was a an attitude thing or uh preparing for a really long 90 minutes thing um just some balls that weren't run down and chased down in the first half that really could have been um one stuck out to me uh, and just putting your hand up to to claim the the throw in, and then having um, Gabe Robinson from Las Vegas chase it down, and then having a counter attack start because of that. Those things, but you know, it's a three 0 victory. You just take the win, um, and you know, even if you're my favorite Harry Forster, who's had a, a very <laughs> underwhelming season, you know, you have a a season's best game with 71 passes and 77% uh, accuracy. And then you win 13 duels and then you manage a shot on target and you create a chance and you get an assist and you make five tackles and a clearance and you only concede two fouls. Not a bad, not a bad weekend for him. Um, it's this, it's statistically the best weekend he's had Uh for us this season or week we've played some games on wednesdays as well um and i think talking with aiden quinn at the end of the match he says we've finally figured out exactly where everyone plays and where their roles are and how to how to make this work so i'm hoping we see a little bit more of that from him because that was the player that everyone's been looking for out of him um and that's the player he's obviously capable of being because every now and then he does something and you just sit there and realize he's probably naturally more talented just about everyone else on the field especially against a team like vegas where he's naturally more naturally more talented than everyone else on their team um he can do a lot of damage so i'm hoping this is maybe the turning point sure it's what, something like almost 25 games in now and that's frustrating but uh that's been the really the mantra of the season is it's been a frustrating one so far and hopefully from here on out moving forward it's 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 better and better so you know speaking of damage because you brought up that word uh, i'm going to go back to maybe a particular play that some of the orange county fans probably even the orange county uh, front office and staff and whatnot were not happy with uh, and that was when um a las vegas player came in with a pretty hard tackle i believe it was on christian duke uh when i guess there was a las vegas player that was down or 
or acting hurt or something like that. And I guess Las Vegas wasn't happy about it. So they decide to send, or the player decides to come in pretty hard. Uh, you know, I'm looking at Twitter following during the match, our good friend, Andy put out a tweet uh, and I quote, I understand why Sandoval wanted to stop the play, but Jeebus, that was pretty reckless. Send a guy for an MRI with a hit like that. And then, of course, later on in the match, towards the end, when it was all said and done, he took out, I believe it was Jerry Von Wolfgang. Uh, not, I guess, as hard, but still one of those plays where you're looking at as like chances to injure a player when it's, it's not really necessary. Both of his challenges were super reckless. Um, the first one was especially so, putting a dude into a table. I mean, you do that in hockey and, hockey and you're probably going to get a boarding call. And then, you know, he sits here and just gets a yellow card. And he has the audacity to complain about it afterwards. Yes. Was a couple of weeks ago, we saw that uh, in Austin. We saw, like, studs to the chest, straight red card, and then complaining about it. It was the same kind of play where you, you hunt a guy down from halfway across the field, and you take him out. And you know, like, everyone knows that you're hunting that dude. You're not going to try and get the ball. You're just going to try and hurt him. You're going to try and break up the play. And then, Yeah. Later on, it's like a two-footed, awkward challenge where I don't think it was as much trying to hurt um, or trying to injure as much as it was just, like, really bad. Clearly, the guy's not a very good defender. Um, and then rightfully got the red card for that because a lot of the times you go in a two-footed challenge, you're going to pick up a straight red for that anyway. Um, it was the yeah. second yellow, so it was deserved, but... Yeah, that was the kind of stuff that thankfully didn't really happen all game long and only happened at the end. But that was totally the exact kind of thing that you'd expect from Vegas, expect yes. from Ronaldo side. And that's the exact kind of reason you don't put Francis Jacobs in that game because <laughs> you get some dude who's twice his age who gets pissy and ends his career a week Makes after sense. it begins. It's just, it's not worth it. And that's that's typical Vegas. I mean, it's not great they do well in like the lower leagues of england like fourth fifth <laughs> fifth levels of the pyramid because it's just counterattack. can't really play with the ball at your feet you know no one likes us that's, <laughs> that's their that's their thing and it it doesn't work well for 35 games and sometime they'll learn that but in the meantime they have llamas and pool parties yeah las vegas leads the league in red cards with six and they're they finally passed us. Yeah, they're third. They're third with fifty-three <laughs> yellow cards. We have fifty-four to be fair. Um, we have yeah five red cards. Although I would argue that uh, at, like at the very least that Walker Hume red shouldn't be red. Um, but or the, yeah. or the Joe Amico one against Vegas. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, I don't know those really, but you know, it is what it is. Pro yeah, Las Vegas definitely, and I think they led the league last year in yellow cards or something crazy. So they do get twenty, I think, in total. Yeah, they do get disciplined a lot. They do play on the edge. Um, I'm not a huge fan of some of the way that Austin plays for the same reason. Like, there's a difference between playing with an edge and playing with reckless abandon, and you know you, you hope to not see that. Um, obviously, there might be a skill gap that leads to some more reckless play. Because guys get beat more often, but also you know you're looking at a league that is has some younger guys in it, and you don't want to see an older guy go in studs up and take out a kid, and you know possibly ruin his career uh, when he could have the potential of you know being something something good. So I, I don't like to see a lot of that reckless play. Um, it's nice to see Forrester only get called for two fouls because I think he has a tendency of playing on the edge a little bit too. And that also, as even as a supporter, makes me uncomfortable to see that kind of play. Um, I, I like seeing hard play, but there's a difference between hard and reckless. And some of those challenges were for sure reckless. Um, and one other thing to talk about on this match, uh, and then we can, I guess, sort of move on, is let's talk about the goal from Aiden Quinn. Uh, I, my, my big question on it is, what was the Vegas defense thinking there. Cause I, I think if you look at back at the replay, uh, you probably can count to five and still no one comes near Aiden Quinn before he gets that shot off. Uh, Dylan, what can you even think or guess what Vegas and the defense there was thinking in that run up to the goal? 
Yeah, I think it comes down to them already mostly being out of the game. They didn't really have any response, and they just kind of turtled after they gave up the first goal. And no one wanting to step up and being the man to try and shut him down. Um, maybe the scouting says Quinn doesn't shoot all that often, and maybe doesn't help hit the target that often this season when he does shoot. But talking to him after the game, you know, Quinn just said, I just tried to hit the frame of the goal. <laughs> that's all That's all you try and do when you shoot, um, especially from that distance. And when no one closes you down, it's really easy to pick a corner. Um, and yeah, it, it's almost six seconds that he has, that he's actually moving forward with the ball. I mean, he takes a touch to put it onto his, his dominant foot, his left foot, and then just starts running towards the 18. And no one ever comes out to close him down. No one ever cuts across to close him down. And then he just gets to have a a wonderful day. I mean, it, it doesn't get any easier, honestly, unless you have like a tap in. It hits your hair and you get to claim a goal. A Harry Kane style goal? Um, I was going for the slight dig and <laughs> no reaction. I was like, oh, even over his head, just like that ball was over Harry Kane's. Yeah, it it definitely looked like they were waiting for Quinn to kind of put it into the box. Um, but, I mean, Quinn's got six goals in the season. It's not like he's, you know, not shooting, not scoring. Uh, but I think that he typically tends to play a little bit further back, so maybe doesn't get as many looks. And he's definitely known for his, um, his ability to put the ball into the box and get other guys uh, good looks. Uh, but... He, it just seemed like no, they were waiting for him to pass, waiting for him to pass, waiting for the pass. And he was just like, I'm definitely just going to shoot. And yeah, just put it in the right spot. Didn't try to like power it by the goalie, just put it in a really good spot. And it, it went in. And I think that Las Vegas was probably surprised that he shot it. And I'm happy that he did. I think it's good. Again, Faden Quinn's up there. Pumping balls uh, on target and hitting the target, and he puts a couple more in. You know, Seton and DJ don't have to do as much, and we're even more dangerous going forward uh, than we have been. So ultimately, when it comes down to it against Las Vegas, a goal for Jerry Von Wolfgang, a goal for Aiden Quinn, a goal for Michael Seton, clean sheet for Aaron Cervantes, and a team of the week for Harry Forrester. Uh, in the end, probably uh, a very satisfying and exciting uh, weekend of soccer for Orange County fans. And yeah, I, I mean, Dylan, you, you got to at least be excited about Harry Forrester for um, at least for the next couple days. Yeah, no, I'm glad he he's finally, you know, he finally had a performance that we've expected of him. Um, and obviously everyone on the team, I think I said this earlier, everyone on the team is kind of underwhelmed this year. Uh, they've underperformed. And him especially, and I think a lot of people were looking towards him to kind of fill in for that Thomas Anavoltson. You know, he's a he's in his late twenties. Um, he should be in the prime of his career. He's a European player coming over, and then he just kind of didn't do anything for like a month and a half, and then scored a goal in Fresno, and then kind of didn't really do anything again, and then got hot against. Or, you know, he dropped a little bit further back and played a little bit better but we weren't winning games so nothing really happens there and then bad run of form I think a little bit of a knee injury for a little bit and then you know where he's I am legitimately happy for him I want all of our players to do well um you know he's just been the one who's been the most underwhelming and generally makes poor decisions <laughs> I think he didn't do that this weekend and and look where it got us I think this is probably one of our best wins of the season. And, you, you know, you get the the bragging rights one. We went 2-1 over Phoenix. But if we're talking about complete performances, um, it's this one and the one against uh, the one Reno. Against Reno. Yeah, where we just play Your our favorite game. game. <laughs> yeah, play our game, take it to a team, and just keep playing our game and make them try and deal with it and watch them struggle and, and cave. And that's what we did all last year. So what we should keep doing. I mean, I hope this builds their confidence again. And I hope everyone now on the team, all those 11, everyone on the 18 from that game realizes, you know what? Yeah, we can do, we can do this every week. It doesn't matter who we're playing against. We want to take it to Vegas. 
you can take it to Vegas. You want to take it to Reno, you take it to Reno. You want to take it to Phoenix, we can take it to Phoenix. It doesn't matter who we're playing. Like these guys are good enough. It's most of the same team that made it to the finals last year. We should do that again. And and hopefully this this starts a good run. I mean, it's a lot. It's it's all about consistency here at this point because we know this team can pull off victories like this. They did it this past weekend against a Vegas team that you know you probably should win if you look at it on paper. It's a team you should win. Uh, they did it against a Reno team who is one of the better teams in the league. Uh, by just demolishing them uh, on the pitch. So, and then, like you said, even Dylan against the, probably the best team in the league against Phoenix, we came up with a victory and got the full three points. I mean, so it, we know this team has the talent. They have the ability to pull off these wins. Now we just need to see them consti- consistently put together solid performances like this over a four, five, six game stretch. You might not win all four, five, or six of those games, but if you can come away and get, you know, four victories, a draw and a loss in a six game stretch, I think any fan in any soccer league would be pretty excited unless maybe you're a Phoenix fan or, uh, you know, uh, one of those really just dominant teams out there. So the hope is that they can build from this, like you said, Dylan, and we can see another strong performance and build some of that consistency out there for Orange County. That leads us to looking ahead now to what's coming up for Orange County, and that's another tough matchup. Uh, this matchup is going to be against Real Monarchs. <sighs> Who wants to take the lead on this uh, and start off with their thoughts of this match coming up? I think with Real Monarchs, uh, their their typical MO is start hot and then fade toward the end. Uh, they kind of started off are okay, but had a, a real tough run of form in April uh, and May. They lost a ton of games. Uh, it wasn't looking good, uh, but they are 2-1-2 and two last, last five. Um, they've Put up some pretty good um, matches. They beat New Mexico. Um, obviously, they, I mean, they lost against San Antonio, which isn't great. Uh, they drew Fresno. They put four up on Tulsa. So, I mean, they're a team that is going to be a tough a tough team to play. Uh, they typically fade late, but it seems to be they're really fighting for that, you know, fourth place uh, in the West. So they're going to want to come in, and they're going to want to, you know, they're 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 seeing Orange County as maybe a team that they could probably uh, get three on the road um, before they come home uh, against. They got OKC, Vegas, LA, and Portland too. So I think uh, Real Monarchs are looking, saying, "Hey, we can, you know, we can reel off, you know, fifteen points here real quick if we want." Um, so I think they're going to come in confident, and they're going to be a tough team to play, uh, especially with the form they're in right now. Uh, like I said, start a little bit slow, um, but uh, obviously a little bit better home team. They're two five and one away, eight two and one at home. So uh, I'm glad we don't have them at home. Uh, we're not on the road because that would be an even tougher match. Um, but we they're gonna they're probably gonna be hungry because they're gonna need this win, and I think they can they see Orange County as a possible road uh, road win. But um, I, I think, again, Orange County has shown at home they play well. And, you know, given the chance to play well, they can beat any team they want. I mean, they took it to Reno. Um, the last Phoenix loss was to Orange County when Orange County was at home. Um, so, that I mean, they can beat good teams at home. Uh, they just need to show up, start fast, put a goal in early. Because uh, I think if they try to play catch up with SLC, I don't think it's going to work. So I think they got to come in, uh, come in hot. I think they got to ride that confidence from last week, and uh, um, it's going to be a tough one. It should be pretty fun. Uh, and this is one of those matches where I guess you're going to want to say, uh, home fans, come bring some energy to the stadium, cheer on your your players uh, to try and help lead them to a result in this match. Because again, this is a tough team that we're we're facing here. It's you know, a team that's sitting, I believe, currently fifth in the table. Uh, they do have a pretty impressive goal differential uh, from where they're standing at plus 10. So it's not like this is one of those easy 
two teams to face. And we, we've already gone through where we've seen where we're facing a two team thinking it's going to be easy and we lose, although that was on the road in Tacoma. So it's something where hopefully the players are coming in focused. They're building from this last victory and there's some fan presence there that's going to help bring up the energy for the team and help them out in, in getting there. Dylan, I think we've got you back here on, on the uh, stream and on the line here. Dylan, what are your thoughts heading into this match against Real Monarchs up there or down here in Irvine? And I think we don't have Dylan still. Oh, oh there he is. God, Spectrum sucks, everyone. So don't give them money unless you have to. But I think in, in, in uh, talking to to Braden Cloutier over the weekend, um, he echoed the sentiment that we generally do well against teams that actually try and play soccer and actually have like a positive game plan and try and score goals and try and win games rather than teams that are like, okay, we're going to have no possession and we're going to put 10 dudes in the box and then we're going to have one stand outside and hope we can beat teams on the counter. Um, teams like RGB, teams like Vegas, um, trying to take other teams to play that teams like Tacoma. I think they generally kind of do that kind of thing. So I think we can probably pick this team apart. Um, Noah powder has been pretty good from this season. Michael Chang has been good for them as well. And then outside of that, I mean, those are their two big standouts. I think um, they're not a team that has a ton of depth, despite being a two team. I think they're, pretty easily beatable and yeah okay they're fifth in the table and their goal difference is better this year than i think it was basically for the entirety of last year i think they generally grind out a lot of smaller victories um i remember earlier this season i watched them absolutely decimate los dos but they're not unbeatable and that's the thing is um they've almost conceded as much as we have (laughs) i think they're one or two goals short of that or of us in that regard. And then a lot of those goals came off of that victory against Los Dos. And it was something like back in April, uh, March or April. So I think um, much like Alan said earlier, there's a team that starts strong and starts hot because they're normally pretty good defensively at the beginning of the year while everyone else is trying to figure out their defense because these guys come up through the academy together and play together for a long time. And then they kind of tail off. And, uh, you know, a draw against Fresno is a fair result. Beating Tulsa is not not impressive anymore. Um, this isn't the Tulsa of two months ago. So I think we could do a job. I mean, this is a team that two weeks ago only managed a 1-0 victory against Colorado Springs. So this should be a team that we say, okay, they are going to play their game. Let's play ours, and let's see how they adapt. Because at the end of the day, Orange County is not a bunch of 22-year-olds. Perfect. Uh, anything else, Alan, that you want to share on this match? Or Dylan, do you have any last thoughts on this match? Or do we want to get into our predictions? Um, I don't have a whole lot on Real Monarchs. Uh, I haven't watched them a ton. I watched them a bunch last year. Um, I haven't seen them uh, too often this year. Um, but, yeah, I think we need to cheer them on. We need to get the energy level up, especially early. And come out and support Orange County. Should be a nice, beautiful Saturday evening. Uh, come on out and uh, cheer on a team to win. And in, invite your friends. Invite people to come join you to the match uh, so we can try and get some energy there at Championship Soccer Stadium uh, for what should be a pretty solid match between two quality uh, soccer teams in the USL. Let's get into our predictions. Dylan, what is your prediction for this match? Oh man, that's a difficult question. Um, oh, I gotta say, like three-one Orange County. I think we're gonna ride high with the confidence of this weekend, and and we rightfully should. And like I said, uh, we got a little bit more experience on this team. We play well against teams that actually have a game plan and try and play positive attacking soccer. And I think we can pull out another result, and it sets us up in a nice, nice place for the remaining weeks of the season. Perfect. Alan, what about you? Um, I'm seeing a 2-1 victory. I think uh, they're they're probably going to score a goal. Um, They have a couple guys who can put the ball into the net. Um, 
So like Douglas Martinez, Michael Chang, 10 goals and nine goals respectively. Uh, so they got guys who can score. Uh, so I, I don't think we keep a clean sheet this game. I think it's going to be hard to do that. Uh, but I think the the way that we've been playing, uh, the confidence we can bring in, uh, and the guys who can put the ball into the net, I think we can we can get two on the board, uh, and we pull up a two one victory. I don't know, uh, gentlemen. Do I need to go with my whole like reverse technology no, here? You're not, no, you don't play, so it's no. Get that no. nonsense out of here. W- I, I can't remember because we I was a little flustered last week with all the the technical issues. But did I do it last week and did we end up winning? I think I we hazed you out of doing it last week too. Nah, you wouldn't no, have hazed me. Yeah, I think it's it. just me. But I think I still did it, and I think we ended up winning. Pretty uh, solid uh, victory there for Orange County. So uh, I'm gonna say two one Real Monarchs. Uh, and again, it's all because I'm hoping. By me saying that, it changed things. It is what it is. Uh, yeah, two one Real Monarchs. Um, let's move on. We got some uh, non soccer stuff, or not not non soccer stuff, non game stuff to talk about. I believe uh, one of the things I did see rolling around in social media is uh, Orange County is hosting tryouts for a, a U seventeen team. It looks like that will participate uh, if I could pull it up here in front of me, unless one of you gentlemen have it in front of you. Um, but let's see, man, I should have been ready for this because I knew I was going to talk about it. Uh, they are going to be, oh yeah, it'll, they will be playing in the USL Academy cup. Uh, it is a U 17 team. They're hosting tryouts on the 23rd and 28th from eight to 10 PM at the OC great park. So if you are someone who loves Orange County Soccer Club, has a player that fits into that age group of the U-17s, and you want to see about getting them onto the Orange County U-17 team to participate in that, um, then there you go. That's something to do. Uh, Dylan, what are your thoughts on on this with Orange County, uh, their U-17 team? And um, is this – you've been around the team more. Is this uh, the first time they're doing a U-17 team or – is this something that's sort of been in the works, or what do you know about this? I think so. I think this is just kind of the natural progression of the partnerships um, with some of the local clubs, um, giving those guys a little bit more of a, you know, they they christened it the pathway to professional. I think this is more a little, little bit of a legitimate way up into that uh, U23 program. Um, honestly, I think a big part of it is because of, the um, academy that the USL, the Academy League that they're creating or that they've created and having players get that experience and having, you know, obviously there's going to be pro scouts there um, and some of the bigger clubs will be sending out their academy scouts. So if we can get dudes on some academy uh, contracts over time and, and maybe get some of the the money from, um, I can't think of the term that they use for it, but the training fee essentially um, the development fee that you get is worthwhile um beyond that it gives us a, a longer term uh look forward into the future which is obviously important and i think now we could really say the league is getting legitimate the league is going to stick around for a long time and i think orange county is going to be here to stay as well which is very nice really nice yeah. to think about well, I know following social media, uh, probably a few weeks ago, there was a tweet out from uh, one of the heads over, I guess, in the USL uh, offices talking about how they came out to visit with the uh, front office here in Orange County and how there's this like 10-year plan in place. So this, I guess, sort of adds to that excitement with what's going on here in Orange County with USL in general and knowing that there's some stability, because I know for the longest time, lower league soccer, and even if you look at it, it took MLS a while to sort of get some stability. Uh, they had some instances early on in their existence where they built a little too quick, had to uh, take away a few teams. Now they're getting stronger, they're building up. And you're seeing that with USL too, as they've, you know, with the second tier, third tier soccer leagues, there was a little bit of instability for instability for a while there where the player or where the teams were having issues financially trying to uh, continue 
and, and so you'd see teams have to leave and and new teams develop and and all this and you every season you look, there'd be all these team changes. And now you're looking at where the USL is at this point, where they're now building a multi-tiered structure of soccer, uh, going down to a U17 level with like an Academy cup here. So there's some, there's some great strength in this league now. And it's just up to the fans, the ownership, the players to really help take what you have now as a solid foundation and just keep growing this league because there's, there's some, good things going on here and it's awesome i know here in orange county we're not too far from lafc or from la galaxy but it's nice to have a local team that you can anywhere in orange county probably at the max it's like a 25 minute drive to get to the great park stadium there and you have a team and you have this atmosphere that you're right up there with the players at the stadium and you see professional soccer these are men that are making a living off of the sport. So when you see these types of things happening and you're hearing the news about some, some, you know, stability and stuff, it's just an awesome thing to see. Yeah. This is just speaks to the USL's want to a clear path between uh, youth soccer and a professional level. This is essentially like the fourth tier of USL uh, and a couple some, a little bit more information. Uh, it's, uh, academy levels can be associated with any of the other three tiers, so Championship, League One, League Two, um, and there is actually a U13 uh, grouping as well. Uh, so a lot of the play will be in October. Uh, some of it will uh, transition over into 2020. Uh, so this is just them trying to set up kind of a clear pathway from a, a youth level soccer team straight through to the professional level. Um, and it creates that academy where USL Championship one and two teams, uh, they can have tournaments where they play. Their academies can play each other, um, and I think you know your kid. These kids will grow up in these academies. They will move to these two teams and one teams and championship teams, where eventually they're going to be playing against each other. You know, you're talking about eventually maybe starting a USL League Cup. Uh, so I I think this just strengthens the USL brand. Um, and identifies these tournaments and connects the brand all the way down to, you know, these kids in these academies that we see them, you know, signing with Orange County at 14. You know, Aaron Cervantes came out of, you know, a local academy at, you know, 14, 15. So it, it's just going to strengthen these these bridges into these communities and really uh, make it, you know, worthwhile and make it uh, attractive to these players to start playing soccer where they can see a, a direct line to a professional sport. Whereas, you know, in other sports, you don't quite see that straight pathway. Uh, if a kid gets into these, some of these youth academies, uh, they have, you know, a chance to basically play their way into a pro contract. Dylan, any additional thoughts on this? No, I think Alan did a great job of giving some background and giving basically the pros of this existence and why, I mean, obviously Keston has an idea for the future and, and how this all fits into it. So, you know, hopefully in, in 10 years, we're still doing this whole thing and we all have gray hair and um, we're looking at a bunch of kids that came out of this and, and are doing great things for the club and, and moving up in the world, maybe moving on to, to big U.S. teams and to Europe. And, and saying, well, I remember when we first talked about this and with our You're not going to sound out. like that. You're not going to sound like that in 10 years, Dylan. You're right, because how old will I be in 10 years? Uh, like 22. 22. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look at that. Like, good minds um, think alike. Yeah, I will definitely be Taylor Swift. I'll be feeling 22. Well, and, and the, the crazy thing to think about it, right, is in, in 10 years, my youngest son, who's the one that loves soccer, he's going to be 17. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll be cheering for him out there uh, on on the pitch and screaming I his name. I promise that I won't be screaming at him for making a mistake, but I will do oh. my best. If he makes a mistake at that age, go for it. Um. This is a good dad right here, everyone. For all of you that have kids or are thinking about having kids, if your kid is any older than like nine, they know if they're making a mistake. Maybe don't yell at them when they're nine, but uh, 17 is a fair age. They know, they know what they're doing by that time. But even even at 9, at 10, you still could use it as a coaching opportunity and, and help them learn from what they're doing. Don't, like, you know, bring their confidence down. Don't, like, 
call them names or anything like that, but you use it as a learning experience, which is what I try to do when I'm coaching out there. I coach kids that were born in 2011 and 2012. So you're looking at seven, eight, you know, potentially nine-year-olds uh, as we get through uh, the, the calendar year. So I, I take any opportunity that, yeah, like you said, Dylan, the kids get to know that they made a mistake, but if you could take a, an opportunity to coach them from it and, and they can learn from it, that's, that's really what it's all about. Now, yeah, when you get to like, if you're, here's what I'll say. If you've signed some sort of professional contract and you're playing on the big stage, then by all means, you better be willing to take some, some heckling from the fans and, and some negative thoughts from your, your home fans. If you're making mistakes out there, because I mean, that's soccer. I mean, that's what's going to happen. If you're not playing to your abilities and you're not helping the team win, you're going to know about it as a player, regardless of your age. Um, any other soccer-related thoughts before we get into just some random thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's soccer-related. I guess it's a little bit random. Um, Barry FC is most likely not going to exist in the EFL after this season. And as much as we talk about soccer in this country not really existing in a great sense and, and terrible ownership and terrible decisions and terrible leagues like MLS or NISA, uh, it does get worse. Um, and we could have billionaire owners who just want to say they own a team and, and buy a team and then don't take care of it and run them into the ground and then stop paying the players and stop paying the staff. And, um, you know, for some of these smaller teams and smaller towns, it ends up, you know, destroying the town. Um, so yeah, it's not perfect anywhere, but it's the grass isn't always greener in England. Um, and I think until we have a competent federation, I see people, especially with the MLS for the Lou and St. Louis getting the 28th expansion bid for MLS, so many people complaining about they're only 11th in the USL and how they should be promoted and how we should have pro rel until you have competent owner, uh, leadership in us soccer. You can't have pro rel because even in England where there's more competence, you still have these issues and, and it would still be the case here. So let's all uh, pipe down for a minute and congratulations to st louis i feel super bad for the usl team and the usl fans and the usl players um because they're just going to get passed on by but uh yeah the grass isn't always greener and um ownership isn't always great sometimes ownership and the league combine to to ruin a club and you know they can ruin a community while doing that too so Let's all uh, hope for more um, stability and tenure plans from everyone involved in the league before we hope that we can get promoted or relegated. <laughs> Not that anyone hopes for that. Do you have a thought, Alan? Alan? Yeah. Um... <laughs> I'm not sure if you guys have seen uh, the tweets from Tormenta FC. Um, they had a player, Lucas Coutinho, who uh, was in a pretty nasty uh, collision um, on the pitch, and they had to um, they had to take him away in a, an ambulance to a hospital. And uh, USL flew his parents out from Brazil, apparently, to uh, be with him in the hospital as he recovered. Uh, statement. Uh, about 12 hours ago from Tormenta FC uh, was that he made a breakthrough this afternoon in the Nero ICU and continues to recuperate in good hands. Um, we we hate to see this type of injury. We hate to see players uh, go down, um, but it, it seems like good news uh, for Lucas. There's lots of love on the social medias uh, regarding this and uh, Tormenta FC. Uh, so I just want to, send some good vibes uh, to Lucas and hopefully uh, he recovers well uh, from his, it was a, apparently a head injury. He was airlifted to a hospital in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, so uh, good vibes to him um, and well wishes uh, to him and his family uh, and the whole Tormenta FC uh, crew there in league, uh, in league one. So uh, not always a fun to see that happen, uh, but, the way that the team has rallied, the community has rallied around uh, him and the team has been kind of cool uh, to watch. 
Uh, so that is kind of like my soccer related news. So if you see that, uh, search that out, send some love uh, that way to Georgia uh, from Orange County. I think they would appreciate it. No, definitely. Yeah. Um, you never want to see anything like that happen. I, I know we, you guys bash on me for bringing up Tottenham all the time, but there was a, you know, a very bad head, head, head injury with a former Tottenham player. He wasn't playing for Tottenham at the time. Um, Ryan Mason, he's now a retired footballer uh, in his twenties. So it's not like he's, you know, someone that was ready to retire and he had a serious head injury. It was a collision with another player head on head, uh, you know, fracture and, and, you know, worry from his family, his teammates, his former teammates, a bunch of people. So you never want to see that type of stuff. It, unfortunately it's, it's part of sport. It's gonna happen. You just hope that it doesn't happen too often or it's not too uh, horrible. Uh, so yeah, uh, wishes and prayers to the Tormenta FC family, fans, supporters, uh, and the family of um, uh, Lucas Coutinho uh, and friends. Anyone impacted by this, uh, you know, just thoughts and prayers going out to to everyone that's been impacted by this. Oh, where do we go from here? Um, let's get to our random. Th- thoughts or you know before we get to our random thoughts i'm going to say this because it is soccer related um everyone that listens to our podcast you know that i i work at uc irvine um uc irvine has a pretty good soccer program and soccer program they i think preseason number 25 uh, in the nation uh they just came off a a victory i think a 3-1 victory recently if you get a chance head out there to uc irvine watch some soccer it's pretty uh it's a pretty friendly price uh to go watch a match there um, and enjoy some other local soccer and who knows you, you go to that match you may potentially be seeing a future orange county soccer co-player because uh you know there's always some sort of connection there you know this season we got daniel chrysostomo we got um who else is on the team uh, uh, giovanni uh giovanni godoy um in the past we've had players so and you have uh rafa espinoza who was on contract with us i believe he's over there at uci now so there's, there's always going to be connection there because of the the close proximity between the two players. So, um, yeah, go for it. Um, come check it out. And, hey, you never know. Maybe you head out there, you meet some really good soccer fans of UC Irvine. You can tell them to come check out a match at Orange County. And maybe you can build this sort of relationship, support the local college team, support the local pro team. It would be pretty awesome uh, if you get a chance for that. All right, now let's get into our random thoughts. We'll start with Dylan. Oh boy. Okay. Um, I haven't read anything this week. Um, life's been what? a little bit. Yeah, happens to the best of us. So what happens when you move to LA County? You stop Fair. reading. Um, but I do have some music recommendations. It's a two-year-old album. Um, Lucas Nelson and the Promise of the Real. Their self-titled album. Lucas Nelson and the Promise of the Real. Um, it's really, really good. Um, Lady Gaga's on it for a couple songs, I think. Um, but more importantly, it's just a really good album. Um, Lucas Nelson is Willie Nelson's son, one of his sons. That is, um, it was the backing band for Stars Born, that movie with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Um, it's really talented. He's really talented. The band's really talented. The content is great. Uh, kind of spans a whole bunch of different genres, but it's really good Americana stuff, which I'm kind of all about i think that that's my only kind of random thought for this week if, if i'm being entirely honest oh so go, so go on google football manager but i'm okay. sure you'll bring up some football manager who me yeah why because i finally started playing it yeah, yeah the bug's bitten someone else everyone ray started playing <sighs> football manager so now I, you know have... two people whose lives are going to be ruined by what is essentially a simulator game gotta get you on board alan uh, I got two. Uh, the first one is uh, my parents are moving to Georgia, um, so I'm a little bit sad. But um, I wish them good travels. Um, I'm sure my mom probably downloads and listens to this. She, if she doesn't, she just retweets it and, and, and shares it on Facebook. Uh, I do not play Football Manager, by the way. Um, I just don't have the time, and I don't want to get hooked <laughs> on something else that would take up too much of my time. Uh, the other is uh, RuPaul's Drag Race just announced that uh, All-Stars uh, Season 5, I believe, and a brand new season of 
regular RuPaul's Drag Race is coming back. Uh, it's one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Um, so I am super stoked that that's happening. There's no release date yet, uh, but it is uh, amazing. Performers are great. They're funny. They're talented. Uh, they're drama. They are uh, so uh, ridiculous. If you have not seen a season of RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, you need to get on it. It's it's so ridiculous. Uh, it's catty. It's entertaining. Uh, but it's it's by far my favorite show on, I guess, reality show on TV. Uh, so I'm excited that they just announced that two seasons of RuPaul Drag Race. Uh, I can't wait. Awesome to hear. Um, yeah, uh, like Dylan said, I started playing football manager. I'm Orange County uh, on it, but I, I did do the mod where it's like they introduced promotion relegation in uh, U.S. soccer. So uh, I'm seeing how that goes. Um, the thing that sucks is right now it, it starts with like last season, so like you still have Thomas and Walton on Orange County. Uh, but I'm going through. I'm looking right now at my uh, my team. And here's my current injury list. I have uh, Kevin Alston. He's out with a broken leg for five to seven months. Darwin Jones is out with a torn calf muscle for about two months. Aaron Cervantes is out with a sprained knee out for like six weeks. Um, and I think like Thomas Enavoldson and one of the, and Koji Hashimoto just came back from injury. They were out for like four months or not four, like uh, four to six weeks or something like that. So apparently all my players get injured uh, on Orange County. Yeah, you need to give them – a rest. And this goes for anyone who plays this game. Give I them give them rest, rest for a couple I days. Do. They... I do. Okay, now find yourself a better sports science team and a better medical staff because yeah, it's that too much is work. unacceptable. I'll do that when they make it to the American Premier League and then I'll. You just I'll, got rid of Peter Nugent. Yeah. Our lovely Mank. No, I didn't get rid of him. Uh, Atlanta United poached him from me. So well, good for you, Ritual Pete. You are definitely more than qualified for Frank DeBoer's <laughs> garbage soccer team. Um, spend some of that money, guys. Do not play this game. It my team, my team doesn't life. want to give me any money. Um, uh, the GM, Mr. Oliver, there doesn't. I, every time I ask him for money, he says more money. He says no. So. Well, solid uh, player. Yeah, do not play this game. It will ruin your life. Um, I need to figure <laughs> out a way to wean myself off in the next week before I've been I trying start. to sell Casey Byers. No one will buy him. Um, yes. And coach Yashimoto is leaving on a free at the end of the season. Uh, other than that, uh, my son's soccer team just started their first practice uh, of the fall season. I'm actually, it's going to be two teams combined in practices and I'll be coaching two separate teams in the same league. So I'm going to have like an A team and a B team, but they'll be equally uh, as talented. I'm not putting like all the best players on one team. Uh, once I know when games will be, I'll, I'll let y'all know and y'all can come out and support. You might be seeing a future uh, Orange County soccer club player there um, on the pitch. Uh, and these are again kids born in 2011, so very young. But hey, there, 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 there's some pretty good players out there. I, I, I feel comfortable saying there'll be a couple of players you'll hear of in the future on this team at least. And I'm not even thinking for sure it would be my son. There's some other ones that are really, really talented there. Um, yeah, I, I think we're good to go. Uh, we almost had technical issues today. I somehow was able to fix it with only a, a few minutes delay uh, there, but. Um, Dylan, social media stuff. Quick, go. You can find me on Twitter at OCSE underscore Dylan, or you can find me on Reddit slash U slash OCSE underscore Dylan. Alan, go. Hey, Underwood48 on the Twitter machine. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at DJ Ray Samora. You can also follow the uh, podcast on Twitter at OCSE underscore uh, SoccerCast. You can look for us on Instagram, same thing at OCSC underscore soccer cast. Look for us on Pinterest, on Facebook, wherever you want to find us, just search for us on the web. You can go to our website, OCSCpodcast.com, or if you like to type in longer things, orangeandblacksoccercast.com. Uh, I want to thank all of you that are listeners uh, that have been listening since day one. Thanks for coming back each and every week and listen to all of our wonderful thoughts. For those of you that have just listened for the very first time, go back and listen to some previous episodes and see what you uh, think about our thoughts. Uh, yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, with that said, uh, my name is Ray for Alan and for Dylan. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. When on earth, we will always follow you. Let it rain, let it pour. We 
to our sponsor, Golden Gold Press, the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoldpress.com. Also, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to the MLS, USL, and U.S. Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com.